0: Jaguars are back in the building getting ready for Week 10 against the 49ers. You guys, what are your biggest concerns for Sunday?
1: they got to help Anton Harrison. He's going to see who I think is the best pass rusher in the league. Nick Bosa, all day long.
2: Uh, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel.
0: on this Wednesday Kenani Stevens Brian Sexton John Ozier. we're getting ready to kind of deep dive into the 49ers because we've had the week off we're refreshed now so we're ready to get talking about things and you mentioned a couple of the big names on this team there are stars all over the board I'm on man. this team
1: you know um this defensive line already had 202 million guaranteed dollars dedicated to it Nick Bosa Javon Hargrave who they grabbed in free agency last year from Philadelphia and Eric Armstead who was DeForest Buckner's running mate at Oregon uh, and then they added Chase Young, who is a very productive pass rusher, at least this year when he's been healthy. Holy cow. I mean, you've got to protect the quarterback this week. you got to give him enough time to be able to turn and hit his hot read because they never stop coming.
2: Yeah, and uh, the 49ers' pass rush has not been what they expected. It's why they added uh, Chase Young. It's been good at spots. But sort of like the Jags, they get pressure but haven't gotten a whole lot of sacks, um, you know. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and uh, that offense went right. But Greg Kittle. Or George Kittle, either one. Um, They uh, are very good when they're right. Um, They hadn't been right right before the bye because of some injuries. There were some other issues. Uh, Pressure and Brock Purdy.
0: And some time to get healthy because they're coming off a bye as well, so that's always helpful for both teams coming into this one. We're going to see the best of the best, hopefully. Let's get to our big things. Our first big thing this week is going to be plus-minus. We know the Jaguars are good at takeaways, but they also turn the ball over a little bit. They've been able to deal with that the last couple of games, turning the ball over a lot, but also winning. San Francisco 49ers have not had that luxury. They've been turning the ball over and losing, Brian. I mean, kind of interesting how the two parallels, but a lot of that is quarterback play.
1: I think so. I mean, Brock Purdy is a good quarterback when he has the lead and his defense is playing well. The last three weeks, they've only averaged 17 points, and they haven't had the ball very much, and they haven't had a lead, and he struggled. Now, he also suffered a concussion mm-hmm. and has been working his way back from that. So there's a lot of different factors going in. Uh, the Jaguars lead the league, Kai, with 18 takeaways, but they are tied for the second-most giveaways with 13. And in the last four wins, they've turned the ball over twice in each win. Well, that hasn't really killed them against the Colts or the Saints or the Steelers, but against this team with all the talent, George Kittle uh, and the running back back and the receivers. (laughs) And you forgot Brandon Ayuk, who has really emerged over the last two seasons to be a down-the-field threat. If you give Brock Purdy extra possessions or better field position, they're not going to score 17 points. They're coming off the bye week. He's had his chance to rest. The, the, The turnover differential number, to me is going to be the indicator of who wins this ball game.
2: Yeah, it's key. It, it's remarkable. The Jaguars have forced turnovers in seven of eight games, forced multiple turnovers in six of eight. And then you look at the offensive stats, I, th- I think they've turned the ball over in seven of, of eight games. Yeah. Uh, it's remarkable they got through this five-game winning streak, not only without losing. That's what you yeah. do in the winning streak. I've you heard don't that. lose very often, but without trailing considering they, had, they were down in turnover margin off the bat in Steelers game, Saints game, and at least one other. It's really hard to do that. It, it shows you how good they are, how well the defense is playing, but it does cause you to operate on an edge. And I agree with this stretch coming up, especially Sunday, uh, they have to be more protective of the ball. It's why Doug has talked about it as, as a theme every time he's talked since the buy started
1: they've turned the ball over eight times in five wins but if you really look at it they've turned the ball over twice in each of the last four games that is unsustainable john mentioned what's coming up you got a titans game coming up you also have the Bengals and you have the ravens coming up you've got to turn that around
0: can't be handing out extra possessions I agree with you guys our second big thing this week is going to be great minds we've seen some great coaching matchups so far in the season even though we're just you know eight games in at this point but Kyle Shanahan and Doug Peterson those are two of the best in the league I'll speak speak on that and say that and for me it's a lot of their in-game adjustments right I feel like these are coaches sometimes where you watch a game and it the halves look like two different games because they're able to adjust to their opponents so quickly. John, it's it, it must be difficult to go up against them and then against each other.
2: Well, they're both great, uh, great play callers. Both have been in a Super Bowl. Doug's won one, and you can uh, point to that ability as reasons their teams are good. I've always believed that they're you know most coaches, most offensive coordinators. Uh, if you put 32 of them in a bucket. There, there's 25 of them that are sort of, eh. Well, I think these two guys are on the top end of, eh. I think they're both really good. I think I've
1: said it a couple of times in the show. Um, when the Niners are on, I want to watch them. Because I think Kyle Shanahan does such an amazing job with his personnel groupings. They're always interesting with his motions and movement. Uh, and Doug Peterson is every bit the coach. So this is a premier matchup for me on Sunday. And I'll give you an example. In the game against the Bengals two Sundays ago, when, before their bye week, uh there was a play where he Kyle Shanahan moved both George Kittle
2: and Greg Kittle both of them yeah both of them right both
1: Greg both Kittle <laughs> George Kittle and CMC in the same direction you just watched the whole defense flow mm-hmm. it was never going back it was going back over here to Brandon Ayuk. I mean it was, it was just masterful how he dictates where he wants people to be and there are few I think offensive coordinators who can legitimately dictate play in and play out to a defense There are plenty of them that take what a defense gives them. Um, I I think Shanahan and Doug Peterson are right at the top of the list with Andy Reid. Maybe Reid is a notch above because he's obviously the master, but um, wow. And and one more thing, I remember in 1999 uh, when the great Dom Capers was the defensive coordinator, asking him why the Broncos, because Mike Shanahan, Kyle's father, was the coach of the Broncos, why even without John Elway, they were still able to be so good He says, does it matter when you've got a coach that is so efficient with his personnel groupings and motion? He said, no one does it better than Shanahan. And here his son is now. And by the way, that Shanahan tree is sprinkled throughout the league. There's a half a dozen, eight coaches from an offensive mindset who come from the Shanahans. And you see it all over the league.
0: I know it's a player's league, but with these kind of coaches, you got to think they can swing things with a couple wins with the way that they're able to coach and make adjustments when they lose players to injury as well. We've seen the 49ers doing that time and time again. Our final big thing this week is going to be about the coordinators, Mike and Steve. It's coming down to, you know, Steve Wilkes, Mike Caldwell. The defense is going to be a huge part of this game. We talked about the pass rush uh, maybe not being quite where, you know, some people want it to be at. The team is very happy with it, but people are always going to call for an extra pass rusher. 49ers have kind of been dealing with that a little bit as well and Brian I know you talked about some of the money that's there it's because they expect a lot from their pass rush because they paid for it
2: they
1: do they pay for it, but they also have guys like Fred Warner who you know Jaguars fans may or may not be all that familiar with number 54 for the Niners he's as good a linebacker as there is in the NFL John I mean he roams from sideline to sideline they can bring him on the blitz though because they're so good up front they don't have to he's the guy who can drop into coverage with a wide receiver he is freaking terrific um and on the jaguars side they've been getting so much from mike caldwell i mean he has had this team playing above the x's and o's and they're going to have to on sunday they're going to have to if it's going to boil it down it would be do your job i believe that mike caldwell has proven that he puts guys in a position to be successful on sunday but there's going to be so much motion it's so much thought that is required just do your job do what mike and his coaches have you lined up to do, and that's gonna be your best chance for success against the Niners.
2: Well, a couple of thoughts. One, I think if this game had been last year when this Jaguars team was still learning this defense, it'd have been a lot of trouble because it would have been, uh, they would have been thinking too much. Uh, The motions and the things that the 49ers do well to get you off balance would have really fooled this team. The biggest change has been that things like that don't fool this team right now. It's an interesting, I doubt the players talk about it very much, I know the coaches won't, Uh, but there's this perception because of Bosa, because of Chase Young, um, that 49ers are are, are a a great defense, and they are. Uh, But I don't know that they're the best defense in this game because the Jaguars have 13, 14 guys, maybe not the superstar, maybe Josh is a superstar, Josh Allen. Beyond that, not a lot of household names. I've got to think that there's a lot of motivation for this defense. Not that, you know, I'm not big into that. Oh, oh we're playing these guys. But this week, um, this is a chance for this defense to show a lot of people what they already know they are.
0: Should be a good one. Stay with us. We're going to talk about the two deadline acquisitions for both of these teams coming up after the break here on Jags AM. We are the official health care provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars, presented by Baptist. Jagsam brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. You can step up to luxury at FieldsAuto.com. Also, for the last 10 years, Dreamfinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can visit DreamfindersHomes.com for all of the available inventory and go Jags. Back here on Jagzam, presented by Jet Home Loans in the Hyundai Studios, and both of these teams were active in the one a little more than the other I mean addressing concerns on their team for sure the Jaguars adding to the offensive line and 49ers adding to their pass rush their chase young heading from Washington over to the 49ers and he's reuniting with his college teammate Nick Bosa he talked about that to the media yesterday
3: Nick Nick is here um you know always been a big brother to me um even at Ohio State um you know I'm just stepping in here for you know today um, got in here last week. Um, just the culture, um, the vibe um, is a lot different, um, you know. I, I definitely know that I'm, 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 I'm in the building with winners.
0: John, Chase knows he's in the building with winners now.
3: Yeah, I, I, I uh,
2: think it's Chase, I don't know Chase, but I always, uh, I was amused a few years ago, Brian, when Jalen Ramsey and Yanika Gakwe left and talked about, oh, it's great to be out of there. Um, I'm, I, I always I always sort of think a franchise player, uh, if you are a franchise player, you can lift a franchise. Maybe that's the old, get off my lawn, Brian, but um, <laughs> that's just sort of, w- when I hear that again, not a knock on Chase, I don't know him, uh, but I always just kind of wish that players could uh, raise the franchise we're with. Maybe that's the 1970s football guy. I, anyway. I think...
0: I think there could be something to be said for maybe a change of atmosphere, but like when you're immediately contributing it to the culture, like maybe it's a change and it's good change for you. But that doesn't necessarily mean it was a bad culture. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, Chase either do respect. There were a lot of chaotic moments over the last few mm-hmm. years with that franchise. Sure. Um, but Absolutely. pass rusher is a premier position. Everybody wants more pass rush. And here's a guy who was a top pick who has worked his way back from injury. And I think he has five and a half sacks for the Redskins or uh, commanders uh that was one of the chaotic moments Mm -hmm. um and they they let him go right for a third round pick they had just traded Montez Sweat for a second and now they let this guy go so teams that want pass rush they trade both their pass rushers I I, it makes me question right you'd be like why
0: is this on sale yeah why are you
1: giving this away now for the Niners a third round pick isn't too much for a guy they are also playing with Brock Purdy's rookie quarterback um contract so they've got 40, $50 million bucks under the cap this year, let alone next year, because they're not paying a quarterback. So maybe they can make it work and make it fit within their salary structure, or maybe they figure it's just a rental. We're just trying to win the Super Bowl this year.
2: Oh, for the Niners, it's house money. If, if you get four sacks out of them yeah. for a third, you know, four or five sacks for a third-round pick. Um, but yeah, for Chase Young, I've I've got to think there's uh, you know most people follow the league sort of at arm's length, meaning now Chase Young, who was the number one pick, now he's a third-round guy in people's eyes. He'll be motivated to prove he's not a third-round guy because he's not a third-round talent, without question. Uh, so for him now, chance to rebuild, you know, I guess rebuild the image, rebuild the career in this happen. They
1: should get production from him because, as I said off the top, when you watch the tape, you just see Nick Bosa flashing all over, he is relentless. Two years ago here, Jawan Taylor, man, Jawan was living in Trevor's lap the whole game trying to keep the quarterback upright because Bosa was pushing so hard. When you've got that, you've gotta slide protection over to help Anton Harrison, which means Chase Young's gonna get some one-on-one opportunities and he's a talented guy. Cam Robinson's gonna have his hands full on Sunday. They're gonna get some production from him and they'll get a first-hand look at what kind of a person he is and whether he's a guy they want to be part of their culture. And, they can afford it again. They're they're working with a rookie quarterback contract next year, and they don't have to worry about paying it.
2: Now, let's make no mistake. When I said third-round guy, when he's right, oh yeah, he's really good. Right, he's really good. So, if they're getting the right version, uh, they have you know, on paper the most talented pass rush tandem in the league. It's you the right it. circumstance. Too. Yeah,
1: right. But they only have two more sacks than the Jaguars do. We're talking about the Jaguars and how um, they haven't gotten that number that they'd like to be at. Well, for all the the money they've spent and all the talent they've got on their defensive line, John mentioned earlier, they only have 18 sacks on the season. They have not gotten home. But that, that, as we've seen from the Jaguars, they create enough havoc in your backfield that the quarterback, at least Joe Burrow, was constantly having to make quick decisions in that Bengals game. And Burrow's really good at it. So is this guy. You've got to give them enough time and the receivers have to have their heads turned around and understand I'm a hot route. I've got to be ready to catch the ball.
2: Yeah, one final thought talking to Jack. I mean, I, I, talking to 49ers media. Uh, they don't necessarily think they've gotten enough pressure um, and that there have been times where the quarterbacks had too much time to throw. I think the Jaguars, for the most part, I, I haven't gotten that feeling. So it'll be interesting to see if Chase Young gives them that element. Um, I think that could be a place where if, if he doesn't, uh, Jaguars' a third down will be key on Sunday. One thing to keep in mind is that Bosa was gone for all of camp. And then he's just getting up to
1: speed. He's just had the bye week. So I would expect that they'll come with everything this Sunday. And, and he'll be more ready to rush the passer.
0: And Chase making his debut because he was there for the bye week as well. So we'll see how that goes for them. Our addition at the trade deadline was shoring up the offensive line. We heard from Doug talking about this earlier this week about what he saw and why they added to the offensive line depth.
3: You know, anytime that you can add, you can add depth, you can add value, you can add uh, a talent like Ezra to the offensive line, uh, really at any position. Um, you know, it's something that, that Trent and I and uh, the guys looked at, you know, hard. Um, you know, definitely a lot of different scenarios out there. You look at you look at pass rushers, you know, maybe even defensive backs. and You look at O-linemen, and, and obviously Ezra uh, is somebody that can come in and, and really provide – the necessary um you know uh backup guard uh, very capable smart talented um you know left guard and you know he played some right guard his rookie year and been been primarily left guard uh since and um just a good value for us and and really uh solidifies an offensive line that uh, you know is already pretty good
0: John, Doug Peterson was very emphatic that Walker Little is the starter on this team and that Ezra Cleveland was brought in as a backup um, wherever he's going to be needed on the line. Is this going to be an issue where we're getting stockpiled in a certain, you know, everybody wants to play left tackle situation, or is this going to work out okay at the end of the day?
2: Well, Everybody might want to play left tackle. Who gets to play play left left tackle, tackle. yeah. So, um, you know, I'm sure Walker Little in his heart of hearts would like to play left tackle. It's what he is. It's what he's grown up with. But I also think he'll be fine at left guard. Um, look, I think, I wasn't sure what they would do. I wasn't sure, is Ezra Cleveland being brought in because they feel like they can be a better uh, run blocking team on the interior. Uh, but it, as Doug said, when they played together, meaning Walker Little and Cameron Robinson on the left side in Buffalo for that what? That two Five series? Five snaps, Eight snaps. <laughs> eight yeah. snaps they looked very good. Um, I think overall, it's what Brian's alluded to, meaning uh, there's something about the future here that Ezra Cleveland can be a piece moving forward. Also, I keep going back, people love to play depth chart football, I call it, meaning when a trade's made like this, you say, well, this guy's going to start here and start here and start here. (laughs) Depth chart football often doesn't play out on the real field, meaning you have injuries, you have things that happen, particularly injuries. Well, last year we saw it. The Jaguars don't make their run unless they have seven or eight good offensive linemen yeah. last year. I think they felt like they needed to get seven or eight good offensive linemen that they can trust going down the stretch. I I feel like that made them a little nervous not feeling like they had that on the on the interior and the offensive line.
1: I don't know how it happened, but I, I saw a lot of Minnesota Vikings football early in the season. And I remember hearing and reading about Cleveland. So when they traded for him, I wasn't surprised because my understanding is is he's a pretty good football player i also know that he's on the rest of this year as a contract and then he's a free agent next year but i always saw this as a long-term play right and john just made the case for the short term because you need bodies and they do brandon sheriff's been playing with an ankle that has has hindered him and tyler shatley hasn't shown good movement and uh, you, you need another body this year but trent balky he treats draft picks or like they're gold doubloons right he parts with them like they're manhole covers they're heavy and laborious he doesn't want to do it he understands the value of them Mm -hmm. so my expectation is is that they'll get him lined up for next year with a contract and that he will be the starting left guard going forward me just looking at the salary cap numbers with cam and walker and understanding walker is you know probably the left tackle of the long-term future here i would say that cleveland is going to be the starting left guard next year just a projection on my part but you know you can kind of see where it fits
2: makes sense yeah
0: well we'll see depending on Walker Little's status this week as well whether we'll see Ezra Cleveland in there or not because Walker's been battling that knee injury so stay with us we're going to come back and go over this or that what we're looking at for the 49ers game on Tuesday, November 14th. You can go over to Publix at University Square to meet Jacksonville Jaguars players for a special appearance from 5 to 6. That's going to be the Publix at 2875 University Boulevard in Jacksonville on Tuesday, November 14th, for from 5 to 6 to meet members of the Jaguars. You want to check that out. And of course, we're also brought to you by Price.com. It's the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping, cashback, coupons all in one. It's free. You can try out Price.com today.
2: For that. This or
0: that. And brings us this or that this week as we look and try to compare a couple of things. So Brian, what are you comparing this week or what are you this or that us
1: Uh well look with um with the idea that this should be the Sunday night game. I'll get pushback on Sean from that maybe. Um because one o'clock games are much easier. Uh, but this should be the Sunday night game. It is a marquee matchup, maybe the marquee matchup of the weekend for the NFL. You know, two teams, five and three, six and two, coming off their bye. San Francisco, Trevor Lawrence. Um, you could have easily move this to Sunday Night Football. It would not yeah. have been an issue. However, is this a big statement game for the Jaguars, or is it just the next game on the schedule? It happens to be against an NFC opponent.
2: Um, I was thinking about this ironically because I didn't know this was you this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, your first instinct is to say it's the next one because. The next two after this are actually much more important. I mean, you got Tennessee and, and, yep. and the Texans coming up. If you lose this one and win those two, you're still in great shape in the division and probably in mouse. better shape than if you lose this one. I mean, than if you win this one and lose one of those. But there is something uh, playing at home, playing against a really good team. Uh, they haven't won one of these with this kind of thing. Maybe Dallas last year at home against a really good team. They lost to the Chiefs earlier this year. Beating a team like that at home and sort of walking off that field with your fans, uh, showing them what you know you are, feels big, but it's not tragic if they lose. It, and I'm on both sides of the fence there, but that's kind of how I see it.
0: I think it would be a big statement, <clears throat> excuse me, a big statement game in terms of nationally, right? Cause it's the 49ers, it's a name. And as we know, A lot of people don't follow Jacksonville around the league if you're watching it from a national landscape. So if you can get a win and specifically if you can get a performance out of Trevor Lawrence where he throws a couple of touchdowns, that can do a lot for you. Whether I think that's a big deal or not, I mean, up to you whether you want that national recognition. But I think performing well against the 49ers might get you that.
1: I just think you can only have so many statement games, right? And they they had a statement game against the Chiefs then they had a statement game against the Bills. Uh, they've got a statement game coming up against the Ravens and the Bengals. I just, I, I see this as the next game. You're right, if, if they win this game, then it is somewhat of a statement. But for them, they've gotta just be focused on this being the next game.
0: I agree with you, fair
2: enough. Um, I went with, who's under more pressure, Taylor or Caldwell? And uh, I hesitate to use the word pressure, there's pressure every week. And, uh, or more stress, I didn't say pressure, I said stress, sort of the same thing. Um, I would say that more stress this week uh, maybe a little Mike Caldwell uh, because of having to deal with McCaffrey and Devo Samuel and everything that Kyle Shanahan brings. There's so many looks. Uh, Samuel can play running back or wide receiver. Christian McCaffrey may running back or wide receiver. There's so many things they can do that the stress level of trying to figure all that out uh maybe a touch higher for Mike but the press has to worry about that pass rush well
1: that's what I was going to go to you know I, I went back and watched the last three uh Niners games and they were all losses uh and I know that the people in San Francisco don't think they're getting much of a pass rush but I'm telling you the quarterbacks for the three opponents were under pressure almost instantaneously and Eric Armstead if you're not familiar with him was a teammate of DeForest Buckner from Indianapolis, both in San Francisco and in college at Oregon, he's equal to him in size and he's equal to him in force and Buckner was a game wrecker in those two games. So you've got a guy in the middle, two guys in the middle with Hargrave. Now two guys on the outside, I say Phil Rauscher is the guy under the most pressure, but you know, Phil obviously working in tandem with press Taylor, you're going to have to score obviously. And if you can't keep the quarterback upright for two seconds, And and look, no disrespect to the Jaguars offensive line, but this is as difficult to match up as I think there is in the NFL. They're that good.
0: I think for Press-Taylor, it's going to be Press-Taylor until it's not Press-Taylor anymore, um, until he can get things totally figured out on offense. Um, Mine is a little bit more niche, I guess, is what I would say, because we've been talking about Travis Etienne getting fed the ball as much as he has, and we don't know if it's going to be consistent throughout the year. So my role is kind of like we've seen De'Ernest Johnson and what he's been able to do in very limited bursts, but should they try to include him a little bit more, or should they really rely on Tank, who, as we know, has been having some rookie issues?
2: Oh, Great question. Go ahead. You want we go ahead? well. Um, I think the real answer is going to be none of the above. Um,
0: They're just going to keep riding Travis well, again
2: it's fair, but I think they want to have one of these guys share the workload. I think when it comes down to you're in the third quarter and you have a four point lead and you're third and three, or you have a big series, you want to go with Ernest, You want to go with Tank. And you say, but I really like Travis. He's really good. I mean, it's not a knock on those guys. It's just that right now, Travis is, you know, when you give him the ball, uh, you you probably feel better about the ball in his hands than anybody else on the offense right now outside Trevor Lawrence for making the play when you absolutely need it. And in the NFL, guess what? You usually need those plays because it's it's a game of, you know. So uh, to answer your question, I think they still stick with tank. Um, I think they're not as concerned about all these issues as the fans are, yeah. because I think they feel like the um, couple of fumbles. It doesn't feel to me, Brian, like he's being loose with the ball. I don't think he's being careless. I think they're. A little circumstantial, I think it's how they feel about it. Well,
1: people should remember last year when Travis was a fumble problem. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't think he was as careful with the football, especially not in the red zone in that game against the Giants. He had one against the Ravens where it was, whoa, hold on, hold that ball. Um, Tank he, doesn't feel that way, Brian. I mean, no, no, like he doesn't he at all. Right. What right. I'm saying is is that Travis felt that way, but yeah. he worked his way through it. And, mm-hmm. and now there isn't anybody that would question that you want the ball in his hands. I, I'm not worried about Tank. I think they'll, they'll figure that one out. I'm going to answer your question by saying this. I think Tank is the guy that you want to get going because I think you want to use Travis because of his unique skill set. You can line him up in the slot. You can line him up wide. We saw the touchdown in uh, Pittsburgh and what that did. I think if, if Tank is a guy who can become more of a feature back that you can put in the backfield, it will allow Press to be able to move Travis all over the place and even take even more advantage of his prodigious talent.
2: I think Tank's in a little bit of a tough spot, and it'll take a while to get to this point, but think about Travis, uh, this running game right now. They have a lot of short runs, Mm. and a lot of Travis's effectiveness has been, okay, he gets 22, 23 carries. Four or five of them are huge plays. The other one's starting to get going. Well, Tank's only getting three or four or five carries, so you don't have as many opportunities Tank has a lot of short runs. He hasn't had a chance to get to the long ones the way Travis has. So um, I think that if something would happen to Travis, he, wouldn't, he wasn't able to play, give Tank a whole game. And I think it's at some point you're gonna see a little bit of a different runner than you've already seen.
0: I think we talked a lot about the coaching staff having confidence in him too, which is great to see, But when you're only getting a couple carries and you're having issues like that it's hard to keep your own confidence in yourself right so that's a mental game you probably have to play with that and the roles that they're doing with the running backs as well all right stay with us we're going to preview the rest of the week for you after the break Jags fans, we headed to String Sports Brewery on Thursday night to watch our All Access show presented by Fields Auto Group. Jaguars and Tide are partnering up for a clothing drive, so we're giving you the opportunity. We hope you will bring your clothing donations to to Strings on the night of the show. That's on Thursday for All Access. And also Jags Am brought to you in part, at least by Dream Seats. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out Zipchair.com to browse all the customizable options. Zipchair is furniture made for the fans. So we're back in the groove today at Jags AM. Things are going to be normal here in the Miller Electric Center. Talking to Doug, um, Trevor Lawrence is going to speak to us, and it's the first time we talked to them since before the bye week. So kind of get back on track with everything. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing where everybody's at with the injury process because there's a bunch of names out there that we missed um, in that last game against Pittsburgh that are hopefully going to be available in this one. What are you guys kind of looking forward to this week or looking to try to figure out?
2: Uh, same thing. I expect them to be mostly healthy on Sunday uh, with Zay Jones being the big question mark. I'd be kind of surprised if he plays. Just listen to mm. the tone of Doug on, on Monday. But uh hope I'm wrong, Brian. Yeah, I hope you are, too. I'm going to talk to Nick Holtz, the passing game coordinator who uh, replaced
1: um, uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter. The name you're looking for? Yeah, i Yeah, bad with the names today. Um, anyway, he's a guy that I haven't really spoken to yet. Mm-hmm. And the passing game is obviously gonna be a big part of Sunday and protecting the quarterback. So looking forward to getting to know him a little bit.
0: Perfect. All right, we'll recap all you guys on everything tomorrow morning on Jagzam. We'll see you then.